Hey guys, London here on a shitty ass mic to tell you what's up with this video. So, uh, there's randomly two points in this podcast where Thomas and I sound like robots for like 20 seconds each. I think I fixed the problem for next week, but we'll never know. Maybe we're slowly descending into the realm of being actual robots. And at one point in this podcast, Thomas cuts off for like two seconds, and then we say it again so it doesn't actually matter. And it's a shorter podcast because I was uh, feeling a little uh, sad, a little bit of depression, you know. (laughs) So, you know, but next week, it's going to be huge. It's going to be mega epic. Thanks for watching. Enjoy the podcast. I can't remember it. Oh, fuck. I started off way too hard. Like, I started off, like, in the middle. Fuck. Cut. Restart. Pretend that this point where I start singing now is the beginning. Okay. Hold my breath as I wish for death. Oh, God, please wake me. Uh, Metallica's one. Yeah. Which, uh, which Dalton Trumbo film was in. Yeah. The, nice. The song is based off the movie we watched this week, and the music video is based Jonathan on Got His Gunathan. Yeah, Jonathan Got His Gunathan. Yeah. Yeah. By Metallica. They made the movie. Or Jun Got His Gun. Oh. <laughs> okay. Cool. Yeah. So, all right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast where we talk to you. And uh, we talk to ourselves, yeah, to each other. Mostly that. Mostly talking to ourselves. Yeah. Like a bunch of goons. Uh, anyway, we're here to talk about uh, two movies and some other stuff. Yeah. Thomas, how you been? Been all right. Just uh, doing the work grind. Uh you want to hear a funny work story that happened yeah, to me? Yeah, hold on. I'm going to move this table close to you. Ah! Ah! Okay. Uh, funny work story. All right. So, I, as you may have picked up through subtle details, I'm a kitchen custodian, graveyard. Uh, so, I clean kitchens all night. And uh, I don't have any slip-proof shoes currently, like the Uh-oh. tread-safe ones. Which I haven't for, like, the last, like, month. Mm. And I've been fine, but I finally took my first uh, little slip today. Broke uh, your leg. I thought I did for a second, oh. not because I was like, "Oh shit, my leg feels broken." But uh, when once you hear how it kind of happened, uh, you'll you might understand why I thought I broke my leg for a second. Uh, but yeah, I was basically uh, in this kitchen. There was a dishwasher who was doing some dishes. The floor naturally was wet. As it is with dishwashers. And uh, I did a little slippy and slidey. I was doing like that cartoony kind of run thing that you do when you lose traction. You'll see like the Scooby-Doo game do where they're like... Uh, I don't know, you, you listeners couldn't see that, but... He's doing a funny little run with his hands. Yeah. But basically... Uh, so basically I just kind of slipped and fell straight on my ass. Nice. And uh, when I did that, I was in front of a big, like, m- like industrial mixer. Uh, and when I fell, my legs naturally went under the mixer and knocked the bowl off its hinges. And the bowl just, like, this big, giant metal bowl just came down and slammed on my knees. And I was like, 
oh, because I, if that thing was heavier, because I, I had never like picked it up or moved it, so I didn't know like how bad it was going to be. So for like a split second, I'm like, I'm dead, I'm dying, I fell on my ass, and my legs are broken, but that was fine. Uh, my goal when I, whenever I like feel myself falling and I have like that split second is just to kind of like go into an L shape and land straight on my ass. That way I don't like hit my head on anything, which if I didn't do that, I totally would have hit my head on a sink. So that's cool. That was my work story. And then I went around work with a wet ass for three hours because I landed straight in a pile of water. Yeah, usually when I walk around work with a wet ass, it's just because I shit my pants. <laughs> For a split second when I landed, I'm like, because the water yeah, is like warm and wet. My- I'm like, did I shit my pants? Because my ass was numb the second yeah. I hit the ground. I'm like, did I shit my pants? I'm like, no. It's probably just numb from impact and I landed in a giant puddle of water. Thankfully, I didn't shit myself. That's good. That's very good. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what I would do if I shit myself at this job. Because there, there's there been someone who did that before, and uh, this is a job where word spreads like when shit like that happens. So that would be... When shit like that happens. When shit like that happens. So, so you would have been like, you're a little shit boy! Yeah, I probably, I probably would have like quit if I, I shit, shit myself. I Probably would have just been like, alright, well this place was nice, it was worth a try. I'm gonna go myself. somewhere where they don't call me shit boy. Yeah. I just go back to the theater. Shit there. No, I would. I would not go back to that place. Fair enough. <laughs> Me neither. Uh, all right. Yeah. Uh, Have how you was your week? Any, oh, my week was okay. A lot of work. A lot of, a lot of picking up slack for other people, which is annoying. Mm-hmm. But life's life, you know. Totally understand it. Have you watched anything else this week? Uh, I watched one One Piece movie. Nice. Uh, because it's it wasn't like a new movie. It wasn't like anything I hadn't experienced from the series before. Uh, it was just like a compilation film of an arc from a different character's perspective. Okay. Uh, the only reason why I watched it was to, uh hear any potential future casting for the English dub that they might have done. Okay. Uh, because it had a... Like, they jumped a couple... They jumped a whole arc to dub that movie. And it's like, oh. Or that's... It's a special, technically, but it's 90 minutes. So it's like... Oh, it's like a special movie. <laughs> yeah. Except... Yeah. I, would, I wouldn't recommend uh, going that route. Because it doesn't really do a good job at adapting the arc. And uh, it doesn't really bring any new dimensions to the character it's uh, following. Plus, this was dubbed slightly before all the uh, kick Vic, I stand with Vic shit happened, and uh, Vic Mignogna was cast as a... Every character in it? No, just the one character. uh, Zorro. uh, I'm not going to say the character's name. The character's name... Is a spoiler. Uh, yes. Uh, Zoro V2. <gasps> How did you guess? Perfect Zoro Mon. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, I watched that and then I watched the two movies. Cool. Yeah. What about you? Did you watch like 20 films like usual? 
I mean, yeah. The only things that were really notable were, uh, I watched a chapter two. Yeah. Which I thoroughly enjoyed. I'm probably going to catch that at like 10.30ish tonight, maybe. Cool. Um, and then I watched, uh, Ready or Not. Yeah. Which I also thoroughly enjoyed. A lot of fun. I was laughing my ass off the whole time. I'm like, hee hee, rich people making board games. Okay. And then I also watched Hustlers. Okay. Yeah. It's just about me getting rich and then, like, enslaving you to play chess for me. Ah, well, that... Like in The Simpsons. Mr. Burns' house. That wouldn't be wise, because I'm not very good at chess. Well, that's okay. You're only one of the pieces, so... No, I, I have a... Mind of my own. I move around wherever I want to. I'm cut off all your limbs. That's fine. Whatever. I'll, I'll be the main character for the yeah. we watched. And then I watched Hustlers, which is uh, the Jennifer Lopez constant woo uh, based on a true story stripper movie about them scamming a bunch of money out of Wall Street people. Oh. Which was also very good. A lot of fun. Huh. Jennifer Lopez is 50 years old, and I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> Yeah. She looks very good for her age. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's almost like celebrities uh, have it's almost money, like money for plastic surgery age, and, yeah, taking, getting Professional dietitians and, you know, everything that helps you to remain seemingly ageless. Yeah. Well, to be fair, it's a gamble because you're not always going to come out looking like uh, J-Lo. Sometimes you'll come out looking like... Uh, Gary Busey. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> I mean, he was also in a car accident. Yeah. <laughs> That's a form of plastic surgery. Yeah. I I wouldn't. I don't know if they had to, but I wouldn't be surprised if they had to touch up some areas on his face. Yeah. Yeah, so those were the... I think those were, like, the main movies I wanted to talk about that just, you know, they were all pretty fun. Like, woo! Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I watched Lemonade Mouth. Oh, I saw that, like, once when I was, like, 12. Which I really like Lemonade Mouth. <laughs> but I like movies about bands, so I'm like, ooh, Lemonade Mouth. Sweet. <sighs> yeah, I... You know me. Oh. 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 Uh, okay. Our recording software fucked on us real quick, but it's fine now. Yeah, it just jumped around. In case you didn't hear that, I can <coughs> this movies. That's all I said. <coughs> so, uh, just in case. Yeah, just in case you want to beat up Thomas for hating fun. Fun or a giant corporate company that has bought most of fun. Not the company, the movies. Lemonade Mouth is fun. Oh, you mean the movies that are probably written by, like, 30 different people? Lemonade Mouth. And formulated to, like, have just the right amount Lemonade of everything. Lemonade Mouth. How many, how many writers does Lemonade Mouth have? Let's check. I, I, wouldn't, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if it only had a couple writers. It seems like there are, like, I'm not bashing. Two. Two. Okay. Yeah, I'm not, like, necessarily bashing everything that comes out of because I like some stuff Disney has made, obviously. But I'm just... I'm not one of those who uh, is, like, eagerly awaiting yeah, the next like, Disney movie. Ooh, I can't wait for the live-action remake of Dalton Trumbo's Johnny Got His Gun. No, I wouldn't want a remake of that. I might. Uh, we'll talk about that, but... Yeah. Okay. That's what we watched in the week. 
Now yeah. it's time for everyone's favorite section, where we answer your questions. Oh, what do we do? How many did we get? We got from two different people. <gasps> That's and one more than last. Yeah, week. my friend Julia has sent us four questions. Oh yeah. Okay. If you were stranded on an island and could only bring three films to watch, and supposedly a way to watch them, what would you bring? Uh, Little Shop for sure. Um, I don't know. This is like a hard fucking question. Yeah. Probably Little Shop. Probably... I know the weird noises is an answer, but that's what I'm using yeah. to think. Google Translate that. Uh, fuck. Probably like the lobster. Maybe I. I don't know. This is hard. Uh, let me fuck. Let me fuck. Let, let me my, fuck. Let my puppets come. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh. No, I just bring three Blu-ray copies of The Rocketeer. No. No, no, I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, probably Little Shop. Uh, probably... Mm, God, I honestly don't fucking know. Hold on. Let me let me go. Okay, through I'll go through box. mine real quick. Is uh, I'm too. I feel like I don't want to just because they're like my favorite films. A lot of them, I'm like, I don't want to watch this every day. Yeah, that, that's a lot of the my films I want. Yeah. Like or that are my favorite are like pretty soul crushing. And I'm also like, should I pick like really long movies that like? I feel like I just want to pick like movies that make me happy, just because it would help me forget that I'm on a desert island for a bit. So I'd probably pick School of Rock. Uh, Sing Street and The Last Jedi. That's, those are my three. Okay. Oh, I'm logged into the letterbox that doesn't have any shit on it. <laughs> Let me see. Alright, we'll come back to this question. Okay. Oh, you got it? I would definitely bring the eraser head. Oh, yeah. Uh, probably beyond that, I would bring. I like. Maybe like Pulp Fiction. That's like a really fun movie. I enjoy that one. Okay. Uh. What, in Little Shop? Actually, I'm gonna. Fuck Pulp Fiction. I wanna bring the host. That's a movie I think I can oh, get okay. a few more times. Uh, the Bong Joon-ho one or the 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 one that's an adaptation the of the... Stephanie Meyer one, yeah. obviously. Okay, just wanted to make sure. No, the Bong Joon-ho one. Uh, <coughs> <coughs> and Peter Jackson's King Kong, why not? Oh, okay. Okay. What appeals to you more in a film? A good visual design? Or a good narrative slash story. Narrative story. Why? Because I want to actually feel like I'm gaining something when I watch a movie. Like I, 
there are lots of movies that'll like look good. They'll but have like, can't get, like a good cinematographer, but like everything in the script is either like really surface level or pretty uh, just meh. Like an, an example of a movie like that was uh, Greta for me. I thought Greta had a lot of like really great filmmaking behind it, but the script and the narrative and the story and the characters and everything that really gives weight to a movie, in my opinion, was lacking. Mm. Uh, and I mean, not that doesn't necessarily like it's a case by case basis because there are some movies that are just meant to be purely visual, and if that's the case, I I could give credit to that one, but usually it's going to be the narrative and like the character arcs and yeah, I would I would agree with that, like making sure everything like is thematically like consistent and stuff like that. Yeah, that. Pretty much the same answer for me. If like a something has a really great narrative and you like really invest in that can like carry me through like on a wild roller coaster, but like if it has great visual design, I can also get through that. But every time something stupid happens on the narrative, I'll just it's like a roadblock. Yeah, and maybe like lackluster visual design isn't necessarily as big of a roadblock for me. Okay. What film has your all-time favorite visual design? Phantom of the Paradise. That's a good choice. I really like the way that movie looks. Uh, Probably like Suspiria would be like the second one for me. Yeah, Suspiria. The, the Dario Argento one. Yeah, one of the Suspirias is probably my favorite in visual design. I, I I love both. Yeah, I lo- I love both movies. Uh, I like the new Suspiria more, but uh, and I I even like what they do with the visual style, but but it's uh, not as amazing. I get yeah. it, yeah. Which I think works to its advantage. Like that's a movie. Like I think that having like a more blaring visual design, like the first one, might be a hindrance to the script. A bit distracting, because it's, yeah. Especially since the remake of it was like so. Uh, uh, dense compared to the original one. Yeah. Okay, and then follow up. What fa- What film has your favorite all-time narrative slash story? Mine's Memories of Murder. Mm. That story, that uh, narrative, the way they weave everything together is... Uh. <laughs> oh, gosh. I don't know. I really enjoy movies that follow, like, an entire character's life. I feel it. So, I might, like, just say, like, Barry Lyndon, because that's, like, the first example that, like, comes to mind. Barry, the movie about, like, the young Barack Obama meeting Michelle Obama. Uh, I think you ignored the second part of that title that I said. Barry London. Yeah, I'm Where Barry I'm... London. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, those are our answers. Thank you for sending in a question, Julia. Wait, wait, did you say your favorite narrative? Memories of Murder. Oh, Memories of Murder, that's right. You said it so quick. Now we have a question from Pierre. Okay, Pierre, what's your question? Okay, so for this we have to stare at each other in the eyes. Okay. Say your favorite thing about the Naruto character Sakura. Ah. Uh... I know almost nothing about her, so I'm only going to say what I know about her from the German opening to Naruto. And Sakura, the beautiful. So I will say that she is beautiful. I like her pink hair. 
I like that she c- can kick ass. So I like that she can kick ass sometimes. Okay. Like, uh, in the beginning of Shippuden, she has a fight with, I forget the name of the specific one, but the, the one Akatsuki member that can, like, uh, control puppets. Ah, uh, Puppet Master. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that fight's pretty badass, but I really don't like her whole, oh, I need, I need Sasuke, I love Sasuke. That's like 90% of her character. At least it feels like it. I haven't watched Naruto since like high school, so. Yeah. The, the details are a bit muddy, but the broad strokes are still there. And I remember her just constantly being like, what? I don't like Naruto, I like Sasuke. Even though he literally, like, hates me and has told me this and tried to kill me one time. But. There's also a follow-up question. Oh, what's... We're still staring at each other in the eyes. Yeah? What is your least favorite thing about the trash movie Eraserhead? My least favorite thing about the brilliant movie Eraserhead? Sorry, no, the question was the trash movie Eraserhead. The triumphant movie Eraserhead? The trash movie Eraserhead. The tremendous movie Eraserhead? Yeah. Uh, Your least favorite thing. My least favorite thing. Yeah. Probably the title. Yeah, it would have been better as Pencil Dick. Like, I don't know what would have been a better title. David Lynch's Big Booty Bitches. But when I think of that movie, the... Uh, bit with the eraser head is not like yeah, but even in my like top he has five. An head. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess you'd say that. I would say looks like you can pick him up and just use my his head my, my answer is kind of similar. It would be not enough talk about his eraser head. <laughs> there should have been more stuff about it, or they should have named the movie David Lynch's No Phones. Yeah. He didn't know that phones are going to be such a hindrance on the cinematic experience. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for the question, Pierre. And thanks for the questions also, Julia. Did we thank her? Yeah. Okay. I wasn't. I like half listen. (coughs) Okay. Oh. 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 Alright, you ready to talk about Johnny Got His Gun? You're skipping your favorite segment. Okay, what's your movie idea? I don't know. Okay. Alright, there's a movie about a sentient, uh, like, what do you, what do you call a, like, the, like, typical, like, thing of grapes? A vine? A vine? Is, like, grapevine? Like, is that for just, like, the one? Like, I, when I picture, like, a grapevine, I picture, like, a shit ton of grapes. A bushel of grapes? I, I don't know. But anyway, so, just a thing of grapes. Okay. Uh, gain sentience. Okay. Annoying Orange the Movie, Grapeception. Yeah, and basically, uh, it has, like, strong uh, telepathic powers and, like, basically just becomes humanity's new god. Oh. Yeah. And, uh, basically it's about a rebel group trying to uprise and, uh, Stop the grapes, or stomp the grapes. And does some, this does this all take place over like only like three days before they just naturally just shrivel up? Well, and the film takes place in the scene where they actually stomp the grapes into the wine, and then whoever drinks the wine gains the powers of God. Oh, 
But if you smash them and drink their blood after transforming it into wine, then it it it's like a big continuous cycle, and so it's just. So then it ends up that everyone in the world dies because of it, except the last person, their god to no one. Well, okay, so it follows the last, like, five normal people on Earth, and the one god who's like, well, I'm your god, guys gotta do what we say. And he's like, like, no! I go, fuck you. (coughs) Film ends with the five last people getting fed up and committing suicide, and god just being like, well, it's just me, here on Earth. No one to command. Then he just starts, like, breakdancing. Yeah. He's like, now I can breakdance for all eternity. Exactly. Perfect ending. And it, like, it'll, like, end on, like, a bird's eye view of him breakdancing. It'll, like, just slowly rise through the empty city and, like, go up to, like, show, like, Earth. And it'll just, like, keep going until Earth is just, like, fades to black. And then and that's then the end of the movie. Somebody, like, flushing a toilet. Yeah, there we go. Perfect. And it's actually Pierre, and the the earth was his poop. I love it. And the grapes, uh, he has a bad digestive system, so they were just grapes that weren't digested properly. Perfect. It sounds like... Genius. Sounds like an Oscar winner. Okay, my movie is about... uh, It's about Pierre. um, Okay. And it's about him, like... You know, like... The end of the world, people that have the signs are like, the end is near! It's nigh! It's coming! It's him holding up a sign like that every day saying, David Lynch's Eraser has a trash movie! Oh. He's like trying to convince people of this because if he doesn't convince enough people, then David Lynch will become the new Satan and uh, burn the world. He's like the Antichrist, but... Fire is coming. If enough people like Eraserhead, that's when he gains his power. So Pierre's actually doing the honorable thing and trying to stop people from liking the movie. That's why he thinks it's bad. Ah. Yeah. Well, I want to watch the world burn, so I'm just going to keep watching. And it it culminates with David Lynch and Pierre fighting. And Pierre, of course, has like a a gauntlet of phones uh, <laughs> that he, like, shoots out of his hand. He finally beats him with a Nokia. Yep. That's actually all of them. They're all Nokia. Oh, they're all Nokia. He has, like, a sword made of Nokia phones. Oh, nice. <laughs> He's like, you may be a god now, but my sword is indestructible. <laughs> Watching a movie on your fucking telephone? Get real. <laughs> I love Dave. <laughs> like, you literally but, did that exact same voice, yeah. and then you laughed like that, and then said, "I love David Lynch." You I said love the David exact Lynch. same thing last week. Did I? Did I really? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! You need to stop smoking pot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Jonathan God is Gunathan. Yeah. By Dalton Trumbo. What was the movie about, Thomas? I didn't watch it. Just kidding. I, <laughs> I was like, what? Uh, so, this movie is an anti war <coughs> film from 1971, I think? 1971 or 1972. Uh, I'll look real quick. But basically, it's about a man named Jonathan who uh, is. 
Uh, he goes off to war, and he gets caught in a bomb explosion that ends up, like, blowing off his arms and... Er, blowing him up, and then he ends up needing to get his, like, arms and legs amputated. Uh, he needs, like, a feeding and a breathing tube. Uh, he can't see. He can't talk. Basically, he's... They think he's completely brain dead. Yeah. Uh, but he's basically just in this dark room with this, uh, like, a mask covering his face at all times. Uh, and it bounces back and forth uh, between, like, his past in the beginning, like, showing just kind of, like, how he got there. And when it does that part, it's more, like, straightforward. But the longer he's in there, the more uh, his mental sequences start becoming uh, more irrational, more quickly edited and more frantic. Yeah. Uh, the part where it really starts kicking and he's like, how long have I been here? And he starts like counting the days and he's, he's like, like, a year. Yeah. And then, uh, man, that scene when that nurse told him like, Merry Christmas and he like figured out what day like, it was. Merry Christmas. Uh, it's Christmas. Yeah. So basically, uh, kind of like reflects on his life and, like, his memories, his relationship with his father, uh, his, like, mother, uh, to, to a, he, he doesn't really focus too much on the mother, but she's in there a little bit, and they, like, show a couple of his sisters, uh, then, of course, as I think any person would in this situation, he slowly starts just either wanting to just be out of this hospital room in a place where he can be out in the sun and around people or if they won't allow that then he wants to die and there, there's like this nurse who suspects that he might be conscious in there yeah. and kind of like keeps him company and calms him down uh, and basically she keeps trying to like tell people like hey I think he's conscious yeah. and one of the doctors is like nah and he's like if you really think that you can take that up with uh the general when he's here or whatever, the surgeon general. And she's like, I okay. will. And she does. And, and he's uh, like, yeah, he's, he's using Morse code. Yeah, which I I had that thought like the entire movie. I'm like, this is like World War One era. I'm pretty sure it takes place during World War One, uh, early 20th century. So Morse code should still be known by people, I would figure. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I'm like, why isn't he using Morse code? He can move his head. He's been, like, thrashing his head around this whole fucking movie. And then finally, like, the last third of the movie, he's like, oh, I can use Morse code. And it's like, oh, there you go, bud. You finally figured it out. And, of course, uh, he uses Morse code. The doctors think he's just kind of, like, thrashing out, having a seizure or something. I don't remember exactly so what they, they said. Like, drug him. Yeah, so they keep, they keep like, doping him. Uh, he's like, I just want to talk to somebody. Yeah, and uh, the generals come in, and uh, it seems like there might be a little bit of hope. Uh, he's... He's talking He's talked. He's finally communicating with them. They're, they're, like, communicating through Morse code. And uh, basically, he lets them know. And he's like, hey, send me to a carnival, a freak show, you know. I want to be, like, a member of society again. I want people to see that, like, just because you don't have limbs anymore doesn't mean you're not human. Yeah. And he doesn't have a face anymore, either. He has, like, nothing. Yeah. And 
it basically the general is like, oh, we shouldn't really let people know about this. Yeah. Uh, let's just uh, keep them here. Also, close the blinds, which is like, <laughs> yeah. keep the blinds open. Give the man a little fucking sunlight. And they're like, and he's like, kill me then, kill me. And, they're and they like, won't. No. Yeah. And then the one nurse, when everyone leaves the room, attempts to kill him, but that the general, general walks in and stops her. So and John's basically, just fu- there. he fires her. And yeah. Yeah, so basically, the movie ends very hopeless with him just uh, being there forever. Yeah. And a breathing tube. So, such a dark fucking movie. Yeah. Uh, what what did you, what were your overall thoughts? I mean, I liked it. I just, uh, I feel like I'd like the book a lot more. There was a lot of like, there's a lot of sequences that, a lot of the flashbacks, I, I thought some of the movie was kind of poorly acted. I yeah. thought the ADR for the guy, like, was the, like, voiceover was kind of bad. Like, I like the movie, but there's a lot of parts of the movie that I thought were bad. Which yeah. Which is unfortunate, because the story's really, really good in it. Yeah, no, I thoroughly enjoyed this. I'd, I'd agree. I thought that there was some bad acting. I thought while the main actor, while he was corny, I thought it was kind of, like, endearing. And I Yeah, I got used to it. Just some of the first couple scenes were a little too rough for me. I'm like, I can see that. Like, uh... That scene where uh, he's with his girlfriend the night before he uh, deploys out, uh, I thought that scene was kind of just took a little too long. There was a lot of a uh, lot of meandering, which, with the context of the rest of the film, I I, I kind of get what they were going for. You know, kind of like don't take it for granted, take it easy while you got it, kind of thing. <laughs> but. I still felt like that scene just kind of went on a little too long. And I didn't think his uh, girlfriend's actor was very good. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, uh, I think my favorite thing about this movie, I think I've expressed this on here in the past. I may or may not have. Uh, If I did, it was when I was talking about uh, End of Evangelion. But I love when movies can, like, get psychological and, like, inside someone's head and have, like, a pretty good explanation for it, not just, oh, we're going in the head just because. Like, I want, I want some sort of, like, viable pathway there. Yeah, I feel it. And I I thought it worked in this film. Like, I really liked a lot of those sequences. Some of them I thought were hokey. I didn't like all of them, but, Mm -hmm. uh, there, there are lots of them that I did enjoy and lots of moments where I was, like, Really just like, ooh. Yeah, it's like two dream sequences in which Donald Sutherland plays Jesus. I thought those were pretty good. Yeah. I, I, like I really liked Donald Sutherland as Jesus. Uh, yeah. Second I saw him, I'm like, oh, it's my boy. And I'm like, oh my god, it's the villain from the Hunger Games. No. Is he? Yeah. Plays President Snow. No. I never got around to watching those movies. Uh, All right, we'll be back. Is it working? Are yeah. We, okay. My computer's just being slow for whatever reason. I'm going to blame uh, you. That's fair. Welcome back to Jonathan Got His Gunathan. Yeah, so... Uh, I mean, we said 
Yeah, it's a it's a pretty simple movie. There's really not a lot to it. Uh, one here here's one scene I don't think we talked about. Uh, remember the scene where uh, the kid's asking like what democracy is? I thought that scene was. And the dad's like, I don't know. Well, I never really had a big idea myself. All I knew it was it was about. Send, sending kids you know, to yeah. kill each other, pretty much. It's like, would you send me, Dad? And he's like, well, any man would send his son to die for democracy. He's like, well, I wouldn't. And the dad's like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Which, yeah, no, I I also wouldn't send my kid to die for democracy. Yeah. Fuck democracy. If he wants to make that decision himself, he can. Or herself. Themselves. Himself. Yeah. Whatever. They yeah. want to be when they grow up, whatever they end up being. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's just uh, yeah. There was some there was some woke woke shit. That was a good line. There were a couple really good lines. Um, and then like that scene we were talking about right at the beginning. There's a scene where uh, this nurse who's been trying to be nicer uh, spells "Merry Christmas" on his chest very slowly, and he gets it, and he's like shaking his head, "Yes, Merry Christmas." Yeah. And there's, like, bells and uh, fucking violins and horns going off in his head. He's like, it's Christmas! And he goes to that Christmas party where his boss, like, repeats that one line, like, 50 times. Yeah, hold on, I wrote it down. Yeah, <laughs> I don't remember what it was, despite how many times he actually said it, but... It was like, uh... What the fuck, I don't know. He was shouting something about Christmas. But... Yeah, this... That's like this movie taps into like one of my worst fears. The uh, only uh, two of my worst fears: uh, being white, and then uh, I'm the boss. This is champagne. Merry that's Christmas. That's what it was. And he just kept repeating it over people. He's like, <laughs> I'm the boss, and he's like being like a weird animatronic. He's like moving. He's like I'm the boss. Here's the champagne. Merry Christmas. Yeah. I'm always, like, I I don't know why, but I always find the idea of, like, being stuck in my own head really scary. <laughs> no, no, I feel it. This film didn't quite go as deep, because I, I feel like the real scary thing about that is, like, the points in which you forget that you're in your head or whatever, and you, like, kind of take it as reality, and then, like, you have that, like, moment where you're like, wait a minute. Something's not right here, and it all just kind of like quickly comes together. You're like, "What the fuck? Where am I? What the yeah. fuck?" And there were like points that were kind of close to that, like when he was talking to Jesus. He's like, "Is this real? Is this not?" But yeah, uh, I think it, I think the film took too little time to like really hammer that in that he didn't know where he was or what was happening, and he didn't ever go back to that state. Like once he was like conscious of what was happening, he was just like, "Okay, I'm here." Yeah, and I feel like if they were to do that, it would have worked better if his if it was in a more like grounded scene. I find like stuff like that can usually be pretty hard to buy into if it's like a like a super weird scene, like he's hanging out with Jesus. Yeah, and it's like, wait a minute, is this a dream? It's like, yeah, no shit, it's a fucking dream. At first, when it showed on, we're like, oh, it's just a guy who like has hair that resembles Jesus, and his name is Christ. And then he's like, yeah, he turned water into wine. Like, right at the beginning, I'm like, oh. Yeah. Okay. I see what's happening here. Yeah, but uh, Keith or Sutherland did a really good job. Not Donald Sutherland yeah. did a really good job in this movie. Uh, uh, son, you look a lot alike. 
Um, yeah, no, uh, yeah, I, I really don't have much more to say. Yeah. Uh, What'd well, you give the film? I'd probably give it probably like an eight, maybe. Uh, probably closer to a seven than a nine, but. Yeah. I mean, I'm probably, I gave this film a six. Like, I liked it, but. Uh, that's why, like, I would be okay with, like, a remake, because I think, like, a lot of the film's faults were, like, kind of, like, technical issues and, like, yeah. acting ability. So I feel like even just a straight remake could be a lot better because of just how not good some parts were. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. Uh, I'd almost say I would, like, enjoy a modern interpretation of this story, but it would be, like, pretty much a completely different movie because the like war and culture are very different now it is than yeah. how they were back in World War One, World War Two, uh and it's not as bad you know now it is we, we, we are constantly sending young people to die all the time I don't think we've had a draft or anything like that for when was the last one? Was it... It might have been Vietnam. Vietnam? Yeah. Uh, and uh, ho- hopefully we don't have any any time in the future. Cause it, because it's extremely unethical. Yeah, it's unethical. I don't want to fucking go yeah, well, Like I said, I, I don't believe you it. You can more. put me on record. If there's a draft, I'm dodging. Yeah. <laughs> believe me, I'm shooting myself in the foot. I'm, I'm dying. <laughs> I will not fight unless it's like against the robot Hitler. Maybe I'd do that. Like the only time I think I would ever fight is if I was actually at a point where I felt like my rights are (laughs) (laughs) like basically like fight or die type deal. Like that kind of thing. Uh, But not like and I, I don't foresee anything like super revolutionary happening anytime in the next twenty years. I think I think while tensions have gotten higher, I think that uh, we're not quite at that boiling point yet. Yeah, not yet. <laughs> I think it'll be a long time before any issues get resolved because people sleeping. People sleep and people need to be woke. Anyway, so our average is a seven for the film. You should watch it. Yeah. It was good. It's on, uh, there's a full upload on YouTube. So on the YouTube.com. Check it out. All right. Okay, time to talk about Visitor Q by Takeshi Miike. Oh my God. Thomas loved the film. He kept texting me. He's like, whoa, dude, that film was epic. Uh, I, I think. I hated this film, <laughs> but there are things I did like about it. Like there, I can like go in and like cherry pick like specific moments or maybe even ideas that were in it. Just the film as a whole, I don't, I don't know. Like it was certainly weird. I think my favorite part was definitely. The milk scene. The milk scene, yeah. Or milk scenes. Because there are two of them. I, I, I'm I, partial to the second one myself, because I think that one's way funnier. But, 
The first one was pretty funny just simply for, like, how off guard it caught me. <laughs> um, so the scene, the film opens with uh, a man. He's a journalist. He's filming a young woman. Uh, and the caption says, would you have sex with your own daughter? And he's filming a young prostitute who is his daughter. Yeah. And then he has sex with his own daughter. And she teases him for coming too early. Yeah, she's like, ha I cost more. I cost more because you came early, you fucking doo-doo head. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then she's like dancing around. He's like, oh, he's like freaking out. He's got that, that post-cum depression, especially because he's like, I didn't want to fuck my own daughter, but he did. Uh, yeah. And then it just suddenly cuts to like, would you hit a stranger on the head or something like that? Yeah. Like, the next scene just has a completely different caption. So, like, there's this opening scene where there's, like, this sex scene that lasts, like, seven minutes between this dad and this daughter. Yeah. And then it just, he, like, cries, and she laughs at him, and then it just kind of cuts away. I will say one of the things I really liked about that scene was, uh, it's being shot from, like, a video recorder that he has and she's got like just a standard like camera that she's taking pictures with and like whenever she actually like takes the picture and you hear like the shutter uh it would like quickly like cut to the image that she would have taken at that part yeah just as like a real quick like cutaway i I like stuff like that and i mean i like it was an uncomfortable scene but i thought that like making the the scene like so drawn out was effective in making the audience uncomfortable. So, I mean, like, it was effective in what it was trying to do. Um, Yeah, so then the dad's on a train. They're on a bus. Or somewhere. He's sitting somewhere. I think think he's sitting in a... station? Yeah, because he hasn't gotten on a bus because the dude hits him from the window. Yeah. And then there's this guy outside. He's kind of sexy. He has nice hair. And he's just, like, looking at this dad, and then, like, they're just, like, he's just looking at him for a while. And then he picks up a rock yeah. and just hits the dad in the back of the head with it. And, uh, Q title. And Q title. Visitor Q. Visitor Q. Q, <laughs> Visitor Q. And then... Stop. It cuts to the father. Yeah, it has that title card that's, like, uh, would, did you ever beat your mother or something along yeah. the lines? And she's like, just, what is she doing? She's just sitting She's doing table. a puzzle. Yeah, she's doing a puzzle of a, of a whale or something. Or something. So, a butterfly. A painting. Of a woman. Well, she's doing a puzzle. It's a painting, or it's a puzzle of oh, a painting of a woman. Okay. And then her son comes out and goes, this is... Not the right, I think, toothpaste? What was yeah, it? I think it was. It was like toothpaste. He's like, don't you ever listen to me? And then he pulls out like a, like a riding crop or something. Yeah, he's got and a And then she just, he just starts beating his mother. She has like scars all over her hands and stuff you see at the beginning of the scene. And he just goes into her and he just won't stop. She's like, ah! And then he eventually just like runs back upstairs. He's like, I will be back. Yeah. And, uh. And then it cuts back to the dad. He's walking home. Yeah. And he's, like, all paranoid. He's like, where? Is there, there going to be somebody that hits me in the head again? And then suddenly the guy hits him in the head again. Yeah. And then it jump cuts to him at home 
with the guy with him. Yeah. Being like, this is my friend. He's going to stay with us. And it's like, we never, like, figure out who the fuck this guy is. That's the visitor. I mean, yeah, he's the visitor. You get that, like, he comes into your life, hits you, and that knocks some sense into you, let's say, I guess. I guess. I, I don't know if I'd quite call it sense, but s- something into you, and then obviously is meant to be, like, this uh, kind of, like, fucking weird interpretation on, like, a... Not Nanny McPhee, like a Mary Poppins, like someone who, comes, someone who comes in and like fixes the family dynamic and gets everyone like friendly with each other type deal. Uh, but yeah, no, he's just some random, random guy who hangs around the house occasionally. Uh, if he feels the need to do it, he'll hit someone in the head with a rock. Yeah. He'll hold the sun close to him and whisper in his ear, like, hello, who's that? Who does that bedroom belong to? He's like, that's my sister's bedroom. She doesn't live here anymore. Ah. Um, oh, yeah. The son, while beating up his mother, he then sees these people like his classmates outside. Oh, yeah. He then start launching fireworks into his house. Yeah, apparently. Like it's a fucking bomb zone. Yeah, apparently they just, this family is being terrorized by a group of uh, his bullies that just fucking shoot fireworks in whenever they, like, move by the windows, because, uh, in that scene, like, they, the mother, or I guess it's a later scene where the mother throws the knife, like, at the window, and it, they all just start shooting instantly when they see it. Yeah. Uh, I guess, I guess that was, like, a scene or two later, but, uh, yeah, basically... Visitor comes to dinner. The son is, like, hesitant about beating his mother in front he's of like, him. He's like, go ahead. Yeah, he's like, do it, dude. And he's like, okay. And then he does. And as much as I hated this scene, it was oddly comedic. Like, because yeah. what is it? He's like, can I have, like, some salt or something or some sugar? And she just, like, comes flying through one of the walls. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's. I feel like that's most of the movie. Like, most of it is, like, trying to push the boundaries of uncomfortability to hit a comedic tone. Yeah, like, which... Like, what if we go super far? Which some of it I did find funny, and some of it I did not. Yeah. Uh, like, the stuff later in the movie uh, involving... Uh, s- spoiler alert... To the people listening to this, just jumping ahead a little bit here, there's some necrophilia later in the movie. Not a big fan of that. That one made me a little too uncomfortable. Yeah. (laughs) um, So jumping ahead, uh, pretty much the entire movie is just about, like, these wacky little adventures and, uh, like, them kind of slowly losing their minds. Yeah, it's like they... Like, the boy continues to get bullied, he continues to bully his mother, but then one day she, like, has enough. Yeah. And she, like, throws a knife at the... <laughs> it's like, it starts at everybody's low point, because it's like the mom's being beaten by her son, the son's, like, being bullied, uh, the fucking father slept... The movie begins with him sleeping with his prostitute daughter. Yeah. And then, uh... 
on top of that, you find out that uh, at a certain point in the film, he you see him like opening up his camera and he caught footage. See, he used to like what was he trying to do? Just go around and like interview the youth, and they end up like beating him up and sodomizing him with his microphone. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, and he captures it on camera, and for some reason he decides to, like, show all of his workers as if it's like, hey, this next thing I'm working on, it's gonna be big, watch this! And everyone's just like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) I think any rational person would. What is wrong with that? Which we find that out through, uh, it's like a reporter friend of his? Yeah. Uh, who he's like, alright, so I'm working on this next project. And it's going to focus on me and my son being bullied. And it's like, she's like, this sounds fucking preposterous. Don't do this. You're going to make a fool of yourself again. He's like, no, it's great. Uh, Of course, later when uh, he goes to like actually film that part, she basically is like, this is stupid. I don't want to be a part of this. Just leave me alone. Bye. And then uh, he rapes her, chokes her to death, and then uh, decides, well, gotta take her home, gotta cut her up, but when he's, you know, using the magic marker to, like, circle the parts that he's gonna cut out, he gets too turned on, and he sets up the camera, he's like, it's not sadness, it's not anger, it's sex. That's what's been driving me nuts. I need to fuck! And then he starts fucking the dead body, but her rigor mort or her rigor mortis kicks in. She gets too tight. His dick gets stuck in her. She shits on him. She shits on him. I thought that part was pretty funny. That's like the one. I don't know. Part. I thought it was a pretty funny scene. Her like getting oh, stuck. Once it got to like the rigor mortis, like walking around. Stuff, with it. I I was a little bit more able to laugh at it. But like everything up until that point, I was just like, this is super uncomfortable <laughs> to watch. Uh, yeah, and ty- typically, like I, I don't get really uncomfortable by a lot of stuff. So, just I don't know. Not a fan of the idea of necrophilia or rape. Well, maybe you should try necrophilia. You know that would like. Yeah, maybe I should try it before I just shit talk it. You know, I might like it. It might be my favorite thing ever. Okay, yeah, um, uh, and then so the, the mother gives him meth. To loosen up his joints or oh, whatever, yeah, okay. and he gets unstuck, and then uh, oh, pre like the only other plot point that we haven't talked about is uh, the fact that uh, the wife at one point uh, started. She does a bunch of drugs, and then uh, she, she like, starts becoming a prostitute, or I think she already was one yeah. to like fuel her drug habit, and then she ends up. Uh, uh, she doesn't sleep with him, but uh, the visitor Q guy ends up, like, milking her in one scene. Yeah, she has big nipples. And she really likes it. And then she's like... <laughs> and then, leading back to the scene that the we're currently necrophilia on. one. He's like, go get a trash bag. And, he and goes the visitor walks in. She's like, trash bag? And then she takes off her shirt. She's wearing a trash bag. She's like, here, take this one. I'm like, first of all, there's holes in it, ma'am. Yeah. And she makes more holes to go... Look, I can do it myself. And she starts milking herself. And she just keeps doing it. And it so goes on the, the minutes. He's got like a minutes. little umbrella yeah, next he's time got he got a little umbrella. Uh, and then later in the movie, 
Uh, the sun's like laying down on the kitchen floor, and the entire yes. thing is just soaked in milk. Yeah, it's just covered in milk. It's just a big like milk pool in there. It's like, what the fuck? That was my favorite scene in the movie. That was great. Um, and then like the bullies come back right near like pretty much the end of the film, and uh, they just go crazy. They see them him like beating up the sons, and the dad runs out, and he's like, ah! I think he's naked still. He might be. I don't, he has, I don't like, a big-ass knife, and he, like, punches somebody in the face, and then he, like, jams his big-ass knife into somebody's head and just starts sawing back and forth, like, laughing maniacally. Yeah, the one kid who hasn't been punched or sawed at this point is, like, seeing this. He's in shock for a minute, and he's like, oh, fuck, I gotta get out of here, and he turns around. The wife is there. She's got a knife. She throws it perfectly, and it lands straight in his head, which... I feel like that wouldn't happen. I mean, if you had, like, the right knife for it, yeah, but I feel like if your average, like, house knife, I feel like it wouldn't, like, just cut through your fucking skull. Uh, Yeah, to be fair, maybe (laughs) if she chucked it with enough uh, velocity, I guess. Yep. I don't know. I've never tried throwing a knife at anyone's head, so. Maybe that's another thing you can try. Yeah, why am I shit-talking all these things I've never tried before? I should... Throw a knife at somebody's head and then have sex with them to see two birds, one stone. I can see if I uh, yeah. like necrophilia and murdering with a by knife throwing. And then visitor just kind of disappears into the wind. Yeah, he leaves, and then and then uh, the film ends with. Uh, well, there, there's one more scene with the visitor, which leads into the end. Oh yeah, because uh, he's out walking the streets, and the daughter prostitute is like, "Hey, you." You want to fuck? You're pretty good looking. I'll give you a discount. And he's like, it looks and down. Goes, mm, and then he picks up a rock and hits her in the head. Yep. And then it cuts to her going home. Be like, I'm back. Yeah, because she's like apparently super broke according to her line in the last scene where she was asking him to fuck. Uh, I guess the prostitution business has not been going well for her, seeing as her only clientele that we've seen up until that point was her father. Oh, she got a grand from her dad, though. That's true. I'm like, what are you doing with all this money? Uh, so she goes home. She looks out her window, uh, sees the mom out in the shed where they were hacking up the uh, prostitute earlier. Uh, and uh, yeah, she's like wearing, she's in a trash bag again, right? I think she has a tarp over her. Okay. And then she like uncovers the tarp and you see the like father is just like sucking, sucking. on the nips. Yeah. Over. He's getting some milk. And naturally, what do you do in that situation? Go out there, you get some milk on the other two. I'm hungry. Uh, What a good mother, breastfeeding her uh, husband and daughter years after she needs to. Yeah. And uh, theoretically speaking, she never needs to breastfeed her husband, but how how nice of her. Yeah, you do. It's actually in the law that once you get married, you have to, in Japan at least. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I I haven't heard of that one over here. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Takashi Miike actually made it law. He's Uh, like, you have to put this in. Makes sense. Okay. Do you have any other thoughts on this film? It's bizarre. It's extremely bizarre. It's, I like what it was going for. I like what both the films were going for. Yeah. I just think both of them were executed somewhat poorly in certain ways. I didn't hate it like you, but... I, uh, 
Yeah, I don't know if I'd say I hated it, because I didn't completely hate it. There are things that I didn't really like about this movie. I liked some of, like, the editing and, like, the, like, scene transitions and stuff that they would do like that. Uh, I liked... I kind of wish the whole movie was as bizarre as the last 30 minutes. Yeah. Um... I don't... Maybe. I, I might have enjoyed it more if it was, like, half as bizarre as that last 30 minutes. I don't know if I could have taken, like, the yeah, whole levels yeah, yeah. that it was going in that last third, but, uh... Yeah, because I... I don't know. There, there was stuff I liked about it. There was stuff I didn't like about it. I'd, I'd probably give this movie... I'll give it a 4 out of 10. Okay. I'm giving this movie a 5. So our grand total is over 4. 4.5. Yeah. Alright. Yeah, short podcast today. This is a short podcast today. That's okay. Uh, so next week we're going to be talking about some epic movies. Yeah. yeah so I had are. classic films. And um, I had Pierre pick my film. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> Let's see how this turns out. So the film. He picked. Wait, he picked a classic? Yeah, from 1984. I, I, before the year 19. He, he didn't even have to go before the year 1990. Yeah, he could have picked 90, 91, 92, 93, or 94. I gotta give you props, Pierre. Yeah. You rose above my expectations. So this is directed by Michael Crichton. Okay. The writer who wrote, like, Jurassic yeah. Park and stuff. Uh, he also directed, like, the Westworld movie and stuff when it was out. Okay. Um, this one's called Runaway. In the near future, a police officer specializes in malfunctioning robots. When a robot turns out to have been programmed to kill, he begins to uncover a homicidal plot to create killer robots. And his son becomes a target. Oh. And it's uh, with Tom Selleck. And the villain is Gene Simmons from Kiss. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Uh, it's available for free on Crackle, or you can buy it and rent it where, or wherever you buy and rent things from. Amazon, YouTube, all those jazz. Google Play. Uh, yeah, so I'm excited to watch that one. Thanks, Pierre. Uh, and my movie for this week, uh, you can watch on Netflix. Um, I'm doing this to, because I haven't seen this. You have. Uh, I'm doing this to prepare for a movie that comes out next month by the same director. But, uh, my pick is The Witch. Ah. Uh, I have seen this film. I have not seen this film. By Robert Eggers. The Lighthouse, does that come out next month? Yeah, I think it comes out, like, later next month. Epic. Uh, <laughs> very cool, yes. Yeah. That's very exciting. I wonder if he's still attached to the Nosferatu reboot. Oh, was he attached to that? Yeah, you have it on your watch list. I, I didn't look to see what it was making. Yeah, it's supposed to come out in like five years, but that would be very cool. Okay, very cool. So Netflix, Crackle, those are the two movies. Thanks for listening. And uh, go tell your grandma. Yeah, uh, tell your grandma, tell your uh, tax collector, uh, tell the mafia mob boss that's coming to collect his money that you're uh, behind on. Yeah, you grocery store clerk, uh, 
Find a random person on the street, ask for their mother's phone number, call them, and tell them to watch two wings in a screen. Perfect. All right. Thanks, everybody. See you later. Adios.